Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Good to see everybody today. Y'all doing all right? Well, uh, I, I know that we have a couple of Kentucky fans in here. Uh, yeah. And so we'll be, uh, you know, uh, cheering them on today. Hopefully they'll, they'll do okay. You know, it... it it, you know, it's, it's the tournament, so y'all, it's, 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 uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's a big roll of the dice at the end of the day, right? But anyway, um, we want to get back into this talk that we've been in now. This is part three. The Lord kind of led me down this path, and as I, get, as I begin to dig into it, it really kind of uh, took some traction here, and, I, and, and we started looking at Joseph last week, and Joseph, remember this, Joseph is a type Number one, of Christ. Secondly, he is a type of us. Because we are, as born-again people, we are in Christ. Yeah? Yeah. And, and learning how to navigate our in-Christ life confined to humanity, well, sometimes that can be a challenge. And when you find yourself in what I like to call wilderness moments, you ever been in one of those? Things didn't go your way, huh? Uh, you know, you had a challenge, a difficulty, something that pops up in your life. The enemy tries to stop you, whatever it might be. And, and learning how to go through those wilderness seasons is what allows us not only to experience the victories that God has already preordained for us to experience, but it, it strengthens our faith. So that we are not just hearers, but doers. We've used this passage throughout the talk out of 1 John 4. It says this, you belong to God. So you need to leave here today knowing that in the middle of difficulties, on the, on the, the other side, or should I say right in the face of devastation and, and, and uh, disappointment, you belong to God. I think the modern day church sometimes has this false narrative that, well, if I belong to God, everything's just going to be cake and ice cream. And make no mistake, I love cake and ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I think I have some cake waiting on me. Uh, Tracy doesn't know about it. <laughs> she, doesn't know where, she doesn't know where I got it hid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shall be revealed in my belly. <laughs> yeah. Right. But so often we, we want this wonderful, perfect life and everything to go right. And here's the thing. In the blessing of the Lord, as you grow in the things of God, things will go right for you. I mean, if you've been brought up in the things of God and the blessing of Abraham is on your life, then you should be experiencing some blessing in your life. But when you encounter a challenge, don't let it derail you. You belong to God and the spirit who lives in you. You ever give that any thought? The spirit of God lives inside your human body? My mind really can't grasp the realities of that, Cody. I just, the Holy Spirit of God lives in me. I, I know some of you think, well, if he lives in you, why is he letting you do some of the stuff you do? <laughs> Not y'all, me. I mean, y'all got it together, but I'm talking about me, right? I mean, we mess up. We make mistakes, yeah? You ever done anything dumb? You didn't know it till your 
Boy, I told you. you <laughs> yeah. See, it's, it's, it's a pretty humbling thing when you know that the Spirit of God lives in you and he puts up with your stuff. I know some of you got it all together, but in the real world where I live, I got some, I got some mess. And there, I know some of you think, well, you're the preacher. You shouldn't. What? <laughs> no, I'm just like you. The only difference between my Christian journey and yours is I have to do mine in front of you. That's why James said some of y'all, you shouldn't want to be a teacher because you get judged more strictly than the rest. He's not necessarily referring to God judging me more strictly. He's talking about y'all. I'm telling you, over the years I've learned, man, I mean, I could show up somewhere. Sometimes I don't even, John, I don't even like to tell him I'm a pastor. Because, I mean, everybody in the room's having a good old time, and they're using all their colorful language and having a great time. And then all of a sudden, well, what do you do? <laughs> I'm a life coach. <laughs> yeah, right, you know. <laughs> yeah, because as soon as you tell them pastor, it's like, the brakes get put on. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry for what? For being you? <laughs> right? So, so understand that the Holy Spirit is a very patient, loving God that lives in us. And the thing is, we have to be open to this reality, you all, that God gave us his spirit to empower us. See, every one of us in this room, we all have a circle of people that we influence. And he will empower you to make a difference in their life. To carry on the ministry of Jesus to represent the kingdom of heaven. Are you ready for this? He gave us his spirit so that we can do things the way Jesus told us to do them. The way he showed us to do them. See, sometimes Jesus was very patient with people. You know, the only people that Jesus wasn't patient with? The religious Pharisees. He really didn't have a lot of patience with them. He just like, listen, man, your father, the devil is misleading you, and he would look to his group, and then he would say, don't listen to them. Huh? Don't listen to them. Maybe that's what you ought to do in some of your circles sometimes. What, what they're saying, don't, no. <laughs> uh, so let, let's get back into Joseph. Let's review quickly. Remember, we introduced Joseph last week at Genesis 37, and Joseph is the favored one. Remember, his dad made him this special... Uh, Special coat, his royal apparel, if you will. You have to understand that I know on the natural side of it, Joseph was shown favoritism by his father, Jacob, and you shouldn't do that. But the spiritual side of that, there is a spiritual principle here as the favorite of God, as the Joseph in today's world. You have the favor of God. You have been clothed with royalty. You do have a robe of righteousness that you wear because Jesus alone made you righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. And so his brothers, and you got to understand, some of his brothers, I mean, they were ungodly, heathen, just corrupt people, man. Did some evil. I mean, two of them, they killed a whole city one time. Wiped them out. And it, uh, Jacob was like, man, you done ruined our name, and, and, but God had them. Anyway, we need to focus on Joseph because I got a lot to cover today. And Joseph gets this dream from God, a revelation from the Lord about what's going to happen in the future of his life. And it probably sharing the dream with his brothers that hated him probably wasn't his best move. You know, he was young. Remember the Bible says that Joseph's journey, or he started at 17. Now, we really don't have a really a, a very 
uh, specific timeline. We do get some insight into that a little later. But so we don't know from 17 to when Joseph's brothers threw him in the pit. But you think about this, when God gives Joseph this dream, this revelation, instead of something wonderful happening in his life, instead of something exciting unfolding, his whole world gets turned upside down. Huh? I mean, you think about this. Not only did it start with him being thrown into a well, then his own brothers. I mean, what kind of jacked up family you got when your own brother sells you into slavery? For 20 pieces of silver. Hey, I got my youngest brother here. We don't like him. We will sell him to you. I'll make you a good deal. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck, man? And they all went along with it. Yeah? See, guys, what if... Think about this. What if the adversity that you're facing right now is the very thing, not that God put it on you, but it's the very thing that God will use to advance you? See, I know a lot of people think, well, God's in control of everything. You need to read the Bible. Because if you just read the book of Deuteronomy, repeatedly it says, if you will do this, God says, I'll do this. If you'll do this, I'll do this. God, if God's in control of everything, there is no if. Are you with me? There's no if. Lord, you're going to do what you're going to do, so have at it. I hope I find favor with you, with what you're going to do. No, there's a real enemy. There is really free will. You do get to pick and choose your journey. There is one that God has predestined for you. That's why, that's why the book of Deuteronomy says, I have set before you blessing and curse. And whichever one I decide for you is what you get, so suck it up, cupcake. That's not what it says, does it? What does it say? You, go on, tell you choose. You get to choose what kind of life you want. Now, God has the blessing for you. And throughout our journey of faith, Every one of us, we will, pre, we, we will all at different times, and, and, and I think one of the mistakes we make so often is we're always looking at somebody else's life. Well, well they got it better. Why did, I've been believing. I've been, why didn't? You got to stop that. Because granted, you know, as you begin to discover and walk out some of the blessings, they can be better in your life than at other times. But all of us will face uncertainties, difficulties, traditions, our past, I cannot tell you, it still happens to me to this day. I'll be somewhere and they're like, Gary, Tony. When I hear them say it like that, I know what's coming. Because they knew me back. They're like, man, I cannot believe you are a preacher. I'm like, man, I can't believe it either sometimes. Huh? See, there's going to be those times when you face difficulties. I remember, uh, Jack, you probably remember this. I know Keith Ruth, they, they, they were with me when we, when we first started. And we were pastoring in Florence for like, what, three and a half years or something. Whew. That was a wilderness moment, just so you know. But it was something that had to be done. And when it come time to come to Georgetown, after much battle with the Lord, you all know m most of that story, but I, didn't, I don't think I've told this part before. We had a young family that was going to come help us do worship. And so we show up. We're in this little conference room over at the best. That's where we started, in a conference room at the Best Western Hotel. And we had, a, we had that, and then we had another room for youth to meet in and hang out. And uh, 
And we had another person that was going to come help us do worship that, that lived here. And I'm telling our family that's going to do worship for us what's happened. Well, they got mad. And they were uh, no call, no show the next Sunday. So that's how we started with our church, no worship team. <laughs> you know what we had? We had CDs. <laughs> it was beautiful, man. Y'all remember what a CD is, don't you? <clears throat> yeah. So we worship to a CD for a season. There will be times when you face stuff that's uncomfortable for you. You're like, Lord, where's the Elevation Band at? I'm st- I did what you said. Huh? See, Joseph got this great revelation from God of he's going to make this significant impact and God's going to use him for this great vision and, and everybody's going to bow down to him. In chapter 39, Joseph, he was taken to, you know, just highlighting a few things we touched on last week. Joseph was taken to Egypt, sold to Potiphar's house, but the Lord was on him. Even though he didn't see it in the natural in the beginning, God began to bless Joseph. And he also began to bless Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake because the blessing of the Lord was on him. It was on everything that he touched. See, Joseph had no idea. You got to get this today. Joseph had no idea God was setting him up to fulfill the dream that he showed him. Because in the natural, it doesn't look like it. Like you said, Lord, you said they're going to bow to me. They're not going to bow to you at 17, Joseph. I know some 17-year-olds think, well, you, I'm it. That's only in your mind. <laughs> yeah. But not only did he not realized what God was setting up him up for. God was going to use him. you got to get this, you all. How many times have we, we highlighted this throughout the Old Testament? God will use one person to impact a whole generation of people. And that's what he was getting. He was getting ready to use Joseph to save not just the nation of Egypt, but his people. But when things seem to be looking better for Joseph, he's at Potiphar's house, things are going well, and then Potiphar's wife sets him up, and Potiphar has him put in prison. Remember that? And then uh, Joseph was in prison, and, and verse, uh, chapter 39, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph, and he showed him mercy. And the keeper of the prison committed, you've got to understand, this really doesn't happen in the real world. But Joseph is the prisoner, and the prison, the, the warden puts Joseph in charge in the prison. Yeah? And once again, the Lord prospers Joseph. Now, here's something you need to take away from this. Even though Joseph's brothers took that natural coat away from him, he, he, had this, he, he still had that coat on him. He had that spiritual coat of favor on him everywhere he went in Potiphar's house, in the prison. I like to call it the blessing of his great-grandfather Abraham. The blessing of Abraham was on him, even in prison. Now, if you haven't read the story, I'm I'm, going to just do highlights of this so that we can move through some of this. But you should go into Genesis and starting somewhere in the late 30s all the way through that, through through chapter 50, it, it, it breaks down the whole story of Joseph. It's really a pretty cool story. But Joseph has uh, the baker and the butcher have been put into his responsibility. And these are servants to Pharaoh. Now, you got to understand this. Pharaoh is the king of the most powerful nation on the planet. You understand that? And I'm not talking about uh, 
These people worship demons. And Pharaoh puts these two in prison under Joseph's care. And Joseph came, uh, chapter 40, verse 6, and Joseph came in to them in the morning and he looked at them and he saw that they were sad. Now, listen, they both have a dream. And they're in prison and they go to Joseph about this dream that they both, they both have a dream. And uh, you got the butler and you got the baker. And, and Joseph says, well, uh, in, in uh, chapter 40, verse 8, doesn't dreams and interpretations belong to God? See, I want you to notice something. Joseph is always, in, in, you, have, you have to slow down to catch these things. You never see him complain, and he always acknowledges the Lord in his life. Doesn't dreams belong to God? And then he says this, tell me what it is. Tell me your dream. The Lord, you know, and so God shows Joseph what they mean. Baker, not a good day for him. Butler, he gets restored. So later in the chapter, it comes to pass Pharaoh has a birthday. And he made a feast for all the servants. And he restored the chief butler to his position. But the baker, he got hung. Just like Joseph told him their dream, what it meant. And you remember, if you read the story, Joseph said to the butler, don't forget me, man. But the butler forgot him. Huh? And you have to realize that Joseph, now keep this in mind, Joseph is the seed of Abraham, right? Abraham is his great-grandfather. So he actually, I'm sure Joseph got to listen to him probably tell some stories. Can you imagine that? Y'all do know you're going to meet Abraham someday, right? You may, have to go, you may have to go have some meetings with Abraham someday, just sitting around letting Abraham tell some stories about when the Lord came to him. Huh? See, we have to remember these things. The book of Romans, Romans chapter 4 is a very powerful passage in the New Testament, and it lets us know this. that It actually says, when everything appeared hopeless, Abraham believed God anyway. See, there will be times in your life you just need to make your mind up. When it seems hopeless, when you don't see a way out, when you're, when you're thrown in the pit of something difficult or you're facing some challenges and somebody said something about you that wasn't true like they did Joseph and you found yourself in this prison moment where everything is, it seems like it's stopping all of your success and all of your, your, your motivation and nothing seems to be happening in your life. It's in those moments that you believe God anyway See, this is the thing I love about Joseph. Not one time do you see Joseph complaining. God, I've been believing. What's going on, man? Come on. You did it for him. You did it for that one. What about me? Hmm? Just nobody else has ever talked to God like that? Okay. Remember what John tells us. You belong to God. You belong to God. And sometimes in the middle of the storm, in the middle of your wilderness, you belong to God. And greater is the spirit who lives in you than the spirit that's in the world. In Genesis chapter 41, it says this, and then it came to pass at the end of two years, Pharaoh has a dream. Now think about it for a second. Now we really don't, we can get a little bit of a, a, little bit of a timeline here because the Bible starts out with Joseph's story. He was 17. Now we don't know how many years took place before Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. It could have happened that year. It could have been a couple years. We're not sure. What we do see is this. 
after Joseph tells the butler about what's going to happen in his success and he gets restored, the butler forgets about him. And then two years later, huh? Two years. Pharaoh has a dream. And in chapter 41, verse 9, and the butler spoke to Pharaoh. He said, I remember my, my faults. And in verse 14, and then he, so he tells Pharaoh what Joseph did. Watch this. And then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. They shaved him. You know, they, they took him to the spa. They got him, he, he got all, he got his nails done, got groomed all. He's in prison, man. He's getting ready to go before Pharaoh. You didn't have any Ralph Lauren at the prison, you know, restroom. They had to get him, they had to get him prepped up to meet Pharaoh. Because the Egyptians, I mean, they wouldn't even eat with the Israelis. They, wouldn't, they, they, they were disgusting to them. They, they would have nothing to do with them. And so Joseph gets brought into Pharaoh's presence. And so Joseph talks to Pharaoh. He's telling him, he says, it is not in me. Talking about the dream. He says, God will give Pharaoh an answer. Once again, you see Joseph giving glory back to God. Now keep in mind, God is working something here. The favor of the Lord is on Joseph. Joseph is standing as a prisoner before the most powerful person on the planet. I mean, Pharaoh could go like, remember the, remember the baker? baker? Pharaoh said, hang him. Hang him for what? He made some bad sourdough bread? I mean, come on. God took Joseph from the hole in the ground, from a slave in Potiphar's house, from prison, and now he's standing in front of Pharaoh. And I'm sure Joseph's mind is just, what the heck's going on? The psalmist says it like this, that God lifts the poor and the needy from the dump, and he sets them with princes. Mm. God lifts the poor and the needy from the dump. And sets them with princes. That's me. Well, it's true. I've been believing God. It doesn't look like. Learn from Joseph today. This, this, thing is in, this thing is years in the making. He stayed two more years in prison after he gave the butler or the, the, the butler the dream. King David said, God will make all of your plans succeed. Proverbs says that if you'll stay committed to the Lord, all of your plans will succeed. <clears throat> all that I put my hand to, this is what David says, all that I put my hand to is blessed. But here's what we do. Lord, I quoted that scripture one time, and then it, and, and it, I, didn't, I didn't see the blessing. Learn from Joseph. I know we want it perfect all the time. I want it perfect all the time. I could tell you as a pastor, Perfection has not been my track record. Huh? We've had ups and downs and challenges. Yeah. But you know what? God is still faithful. What Joseph 
was relying on, I believe that he had in the back of his mind that he probably heard from his great-grandfather, is what the Lord told Abraham back before he even showed him Canaan, the promised land. In Genesis chapter 12, he says this, I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you, watch this, I will bless you with abundant increase of favor. And I will make your name famous and distinguished. Why? So that you will be a blessing, dispensing goods to others. See, when you get to a place where you're walking in some of this, don't be selfish. Don't be hoarding everything up. Look to be a blessing somewhere. Find somebody. I'm, listen, we live in a society that people need help. Now, let me, let, here's the thing. Because there are people that hustle. I mean, there's people everywhere. You, you go to Lexington, they're on just about every street corner with signs. And you can tell they, they've had that sign for six months, man. It's folded perfectly. It's creased. They, 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 this is, they probably make more money than I do. Because people aren't led of the Lord. They just give, give people money. Don't just give people money. Check. We were at, this is years ago, we, I actually was still pa pastoring in Florence, and, and a couple of my members, they were uh, successful bankers, and they had, uh, there was a semi-basketball team in Cincinnati, they, so they took me to a game. And so we're out there, and as soon as we come out of the game, there's a guy there with his sign. And I probably got about from me to Andy away from him, and the Lord said, give him what you got. Because, I mean, he, I know he's out, and and I, and. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, give me just a second. I don't know. I had like $25 in my pocket. Well, $25 to him. Now, here's the thing. You've got to be able to hear the Lord say, give him what you got. That's number one. Number two, you need to be willing to give him what you got. <laughs> huh? What if you had 500 in your pocket? Like, oh, hold up, God. Let me, <laughs> I'll, give him, I'll give him a tithe of it. <laughs> God's not going to ask you to do something you can't do. Okay. But you need to be led in these things. We are to give to people that are in need and help because the blessing of the Lord is on us. We are the seed of Abraham. And now Joseph is standing in front of Pharaoh and he's giving Pharaoh the interpretation. He had two dreams and Joseph is giving him the interpretation of what the dreams meant. And you all know the story. There's going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And Pharaoh says, man... Let me have that one back, Ricky. I ain't got there yet. There you go. Right there. That's where I'll pick up. And just, I'm still rambling right now, so hang with me. Listen, that, it's a hard, that, that's a hard job for them to keep up with me because I mean, I'll go all over the place. But you have to understand, Pharaoh is very impressed at this point with Joseph because the favor of God's on his life. And he says, well, who could we find? That could be such a wise person to do all these things. And Joseph's like, you know, huh? And Pharaoh says, Joseph, you're the man. And then he makes this statement. He says, outside of my throne, you will have power over my whole kingdom. Now, yesterday, my man was in prison. Yesterday. Hmm? Tracy, we, we've, she said, are you going to do your gone in 60 seconds joke? I'm like, because I used to do that all the time. Yesterday, Joe, you know, 24 hours ago, Joe was, was in prison. 
12 hours ago, Joseph was in prison. Six hours ago, Joseph was in prison. One hour ago, Joseph was in prison. Now he's in charge of the most powerful nation on the Y'all ain't, ain't helping me today. See, because listen, I know you, because you look at your circumstance, he was in prison for something he didn't do. I know your circumstance may suck. Did the preacher just, I, I did. I'll, Tracy will get on me afterwards about it. And then we pick up in chapter 41, verse 50, or verse 46. Now, <clears throat> now we see some insight. Joseph is 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. So now we know that we, he goes from 17 to 30. So you got this. Now we don't know what time it all started. It could have been a couple years. But let's just go to this room. You have a 13-year window of challenges okay 13 years of challenges I know people that go to school for 13 years and they still live in that <laughs> some go to some of them are doctors some of them are just career students <laughs> like man come on you gotta quit going to school for what now what are you going to school for now <laughs> anyway <laughs> Joseph's 30 and he stands before Pharaoh and in verse 53, Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and he begins to put his plan into action. And then the seven years of plenty, which were in the land. So now you got 30 and he starts this and now you got the seven years of plenty. So now my man's 37 years old and he begins the seven years of famine. As Joseph said, and watch this, Genesis chapter 42. Now Joseph was governor over all the land. This is verse 6. And... Watch this. Everybody that came, they come to him to buy. He's, he's, running, he's running everything right now. And this is the part I want to highlight. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him. Huh? Remember that dream, 17? Now, here's the thing. You got to get this. Because when you... When you begin at, at 42 and you begin to go through these next few chapters, the brothers are there and Joseph knows who they are, but they don't know who Joseph is. And I got a feeling, because he's still young, you know, he's in his early 30s, so he's still got, he's probably got some carnality to him, and he remembers his brothers. So if you read the story, I mean, Andy, he messed with them pretty bad. I mean, he did some stuff to them brothers that was, I'm like, I'm thinking, Lord, why is this in the Bible? What's, what's going on with this? And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get some discernment, something real spiritual, you know. What's, what's the meaning of this? The meaning is that Joseph's getting them. <laughs> like you bunch of punks, y'all picked on me, you don't know who I am, watch. And I mean, he, you read it. I mean, for chapter after chapter, he's messing with their head, man. Chapter 45, watch this. But now, Joseph says this. Do not grieve or be angry with yourselves because you sold me. He's talking to his brothers. For God sent me before you to preserve life. And so now it was not you who sent me, but God. And see, a lot of people will take this passage and say, see, God's in control of everything. God didn't, listen, the blessing of Abraham could have manifested in Canaan. We didn't have to go through all this because Joseph was this deceiving. You know his name means trickster, right? Hustler, 
Joseph, or, or not Joseph, Jacob, his dad. See, a lot of the stuff that's going on in Jacob's life is stuff that he's reaping because of the mess he did. The blessing of Abraham, could have, it could have manifested in Canaan. But God knew that he had to get Joseph away from them crazy brothers. I mean, if he had just made it happen there, they, they wouldn't have followed him. They'd been like Jesus in his own. Oh, you Joseph's boy? Oh, I remember you, 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 you made a rocket chair for me back last year. I remember you. Yeah. Now you the Messiah? Yeah. Now, it would have never happened there. So some of these things God was moving in Joseph's life, even though he wasn't orchestrating all the, the devastation and destruction. That's the enemy trying to destroy you. He says, now it was not you who sent me, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord over all of his house and ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. And in Genesis 50, I love this statement. And Joseph said to them, talking to his brothers, do not be afraid. For I, for am I in the place of God? In other words, he's saying, guys, I know y'all did all this stuff wrong to me. I know you tried to kill me. I know you sold me, you my brother, and you sold me. I know you did all that. He said, but I'm not in the place of God. In other words, he said, don't worry, I'm not your judge. Hmm? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. See, there are things in our lives that it may seem like it's not going right. But God will turn it around. He will do things in order to bring about what you see this day to save many people. Joseph said, listen, I know you meant it for bad, but God's turning this around. Regardless of the circumstances, Joseph, that, that, that he faced throughout his journey, God's favor stayed on him. Everywhere that he went, that statement rang true. He said, I know you meant it for evil, but God turned it around. See, that's the thing that he'll do in your life if you don't quit. The other thing is you got to quit looking at other people's stuff. See, because you can look at somebody else's stuff and say, man, I wish I was blessed like them. But you don't know what their life looks like sometimes. You don't know everything going on. Sometimes what you have is wonderful. But when you're always comparing to somebody else, see, because of God's grace, Joseph has this moment of favor in his life. And God's got that same thing for each one of us, regardless of our situation, whether it's the pit, whether it's Potiphar's house, which some, uh, some say that Potiphar's house was like a palace, whether you're in prison. See, you could be in low moments, high moments, low moments, difficult moments. It, it, the thing you have to understand is this. God was still moving in Joseph's life. God's still moving in your life. I was talking to someone the other day, and they're, they're older than me. And that's not bad, you know. I mean, I'm not that old. But uh, they've got, they got a few years, years on me. And, and they were making this comment like, you know what? You preachers, y'all are always talking about God's got this dream for you and this great thing for you. And they say, well, listen, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side of things. I'm like, well, that's just perspective. You know, now maybe you're not going to do some of the great things that you could have done when you were 50. But Jack, how old was Caleb when he got his mountain? 80, 80, 85. 
And Caleb went to Joshua and said, Joshua, I'm ready, man. Can I have it? And he said, well, Caleb, you old. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> That's what we would say, right? And, and he said, well, go get it, man. And the Bible said he functioned in the 80s like he was in his 40s. That's me. 80 is the new 40. I'm rolling with it. Huh? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Psalm chapter 5 says it like this. For you, Lord, this ought to be your mindset sometimes. You, Lord, you will bless the righteous and with favor you will surround him as with a shield. See, that's the coat that Joseph had on. I know his brothers took the natural one, but they couldn't take the spiritual one. The favor of the Lord is on your life. See, our mistake is we read a passage like this and we believe, yes, glory to God, the favor of all means like a shield. And wham, Joseph's brothers throw you in a hole in the ground and sell you as a slave. You're like, Lord, where's the favor at, man? <laughs> it hurt. Not, not even a, I got a head nod. That was it. No, no amen. Like nothing. I don't want it. I know we don't want it. But y'all do live in the real world, right? This ain't Disneyland. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so don't let your wilderness that you're facing right now, don't let your current situation get you off course. See, God does have favored moments lined up for you. There are things that he's orchestrating right now, but you can't quit. You've got to stay the course, especially when things look like they're out of your control. There's nothing you can do about it. That's when it's time to believe God. That's what Romans 4 lets us know. Abraham said, when it, when it seemed hopeless, he believed God anyway. You see, that's, you, you got to take the time sometimes to let the word of God. Jack told me this this morning. He said, you got to meditate in the word. And then when the enemy comes in against you like a flood, Paul says, you take every, this is a radical statement that the apostle Paul makes. You take every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Is he for real? Every thought? I'm supposed to take it captive? I know that some of, some of us, we just pray, Lord, take that away from me. That's right, okay, he don't want it. <laughs> like, uh -uh, I, don't want none, I don't want none of that crazy stuff going on in your head. <laughs> you take it captive. How do you do that? You replace it with what God said. You replace it with what God said. The favor of the Lord is on me. God goes before me. He enlarges my path so that I don't slip. He arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. When you have that in you and you begin to decree that in the middle of your pit, in the middle of your moment where you, nothing is going right, get rid of, guys, get rid of the defeated. Get rid of, get rid of the woe is me attitude. Lord, I've been serving you so long. Listen, I've had these moments many times. And so at some point when God says, you done? Feeling sorry for yourself? Whining? I know y'all probably don't do that kind of stuff, but, it, but my, man, I have struggles sometimes. Like I told you a couple weeks ago, man, there's been so many times I've wanted to quit all this. Just go, just go, I mean, I just go be Andy's helper. What you need, boss? I mean, I call him boss. Like, yeah, what you need, boss? <laughs> yeah, I could be, be his gopher. <laughs> I 
Y'all know what a gopher is, right? Go for this, go for that. Yeah. Get rid of all that wrong thinking and start seeing yourself experiencing some of God's favor. Meditate in the word. Take some time to visualize what would that look like. Man, yesterday Joseph was in the prison. Today he's running a nation. Where did he get the education to run a nation? Because I know you, you, you like, you're asking the question you're asking with some of the people we got running. <laughs> Thank you. You know, that was, that, was, that was a little funny. I mean, y'all, some of y'all are like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> you should probably stay quiet. <laughs> See, in every turn of Joseph's life that looked like it was taking him the opposite of what God was doing in his life, Man, that coat kept tracking him down. The favor, he, could, he couldn't get away. But, but one of the keys, you got to understand, Joseph's mouth, didn't, he, he never talked the wrong thing about God. He stayed the course. See, it, it's, it, you know, in what seemed to be some of his darkest moments, God's favor, he'd show up right in the middle of that situation. See, I believe it was the blessing of the Lord that was on his life. That his great-grandfather spoke to him, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you with, with, with exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. You see, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why did he redeem us from the curse of the law? If you read the rest of that passage, you know what it says? So that the blessing of Abraham could come on your life. So you got to find out what the blessing of Abraham looks like because Joseph shows you in wonderful detail in the middle of his wilderness journey, the blessing stayed on his life. So get this today. Don't worry. Be happy. No. Don't worry. Don't get frustrated. Are you ready for this? Don't blame God. Don't get out of faith. Because you have these moments of favor that are waiting for you. Because the same blessing that was on Joseph's life is on your life. You think about it. When you're believing and expecting, one of my teachers used to tell us this all the time, real faith gets ready. It gets ready. You're, you're on the edge of your seat. You're expecting. huh? You're intentional with your expectations. I mean, for example, right now, how many of you are actively, on purpose, you're expecting moments of favor? You, you get up, and you, when your feet hit the floor, Lord, today is the day the Lord has made. Thank you. Thank you for favor. Thank you that all that I put my hand to is blessed. I'm not moved by what I see. Thank you, God. You see, Joseph's life, it's this beautiful picture of just how faithful God will be for anyone that'll trust him when it doesn't go right when you don't get your way are you here you know as a pastor you're always believing God for big things and you know you I mean there's times I'm in here praying over this and I'm, I'm, I'm you know you're exercising your faith you're calling every chair full glory to God and the building is paid for and our new building and you're working out stuff right now he's orchestrating y'all do know we still believe for a new building right I know I know you think we may have forgot we didn't forget 
But what's wrong with this one? Nothing's wrong with it. I just want a new one. This one's old and, you know, and it's worth a lot of money right now. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but it's worth a lot of money. God blessed us. We did, we did a good deal here. <laughs> so when the time is right, when the Lord says go, we'll be ready, right? Until then. But as a pastor and you're believing for all these things, and it's not going as fast as other people. You look at some of these other young pastors, you know, some of these guys that we like to follow, you know, like Furtick and Grushell. Is it Grushell? Gruh? Gruh. <laughs> Grow. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm talking about, right? CG. Yeah. When you look at these young guys, you're like, Lord, why can't I have that? Maybe in your world, in your own business, in your, at your job. How come they got three promotions? And I, I was, Lord, I was believing for one of them. I'm not even getting remotely close to home today. Come on, you all. When it seems like God has passed you over time and time again, you've launched a brand new business and, and nothing seems to be going right for you. Talk to Andy for a minute. My man been in this a long time. He didn't start out where he's at today. Huh? He started out doing what his daddy told him. <laughs> They're probably getting mad at him. Huh? I remember when I worked for Keith, man, my brother, when I first started our church, my brother, he brought me on. And I, I didn't know anything about construction. And my brother's hard, man. He wouldn't even let me use a nail gun. He said, no, you hammered that thing, boy. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> let me get a nail gun. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I learned the hard way with some of this stuff. I think Joseph went through some school of hard knocks. Nothing wrong with that. How did he get trained here? A lot of the stuff he went through, God taught him in some of those difficulties and some of those challenges. See, here's the thing. Let me get you out of here with this. Psalm 37. The Lord, listen carefully with this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Watch this. He delights in every, you, you got to get this today, you all. He delights in every detail of, of your life. Every detail? Even the little things, huh? Would God give you favor at a restaurant? When you're getting ready to go buy something for your company, huh? for your family, God delights in every detail of your life. And though they stumble, they will never fall. Now, did Joseph's life look like he failed? Several times it looked like in the natural he failed. God had him the whole time. See, sometimes you just need that, when all that Abraham faith, when everything seemed hopeless, Abraham believed God anyway. See, that's the thing you have to understand today. The stuff that you're in right now, the thing that you're facing, your wilderness that you're in the middle of, it's, it's not a surprise to God. He knows right where you're at. And God has a solution for your situation. You just can't quit. Amen? You just can't quit. And so if you're in this room today and you don't belong to God, that's how we started this whole talk. You belong to God. If you're here and you don't belong to God, take a step of faith today. Give Jesus a chance in your life. We've made it very simple for you. All you have to do is say this very simple prayer of faith. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Those of you listening and watching today or whenever you're watching this, stop what you're doing and give Jesus a chance in your life. 
It is the greatest decision a human can make is to make sure that you belong to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus died for you so you could have this new life. Not a religious life, not a church-going life, a new life. And it starts with this simple act of faith. So if you're in the room or if you're listening and watching, stop what you're doing. We're all going to say this prayer together as a family. Give Jesus a chance in your life today. Church, let's help him. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, stop by our information desk. Uh, we just want to give you a free gift, kind of help you on your journey of faith. Those of you listening and watching, man, you got to tell somebody. Greatest thing in your life just happened. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. You may think you're in the hole with Joseph. But God's got something great in store for you. For everybody in this room today, you all know, what, you, you know what's awaiting you outside these four walls, right? There is opportunity waiting for you to step in to the blessing that's on your life, the favor of God that's on your life. Be expecting it and learn from Joseph. Don't be shaken when everything doesn't go perfect. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.